This month, the Book Recos podcast is sponsored by the Choose Joy Club, which is a monthly membership designed to help you reconnect with your inner joy and find more of it in your everyday life. It's a wonderful space which provides monthly workshops, weekly journaling prompts, quarterly check-ins and plenty of other surprises and goodies. The Choose Joy Club gives you the tools you need to help you get to know yourself better and start inviting more joy into your life. Each month, the workshops are held over Zoom and Sophie, the founder, leads a group through the theme for the month, providing practical exercises and journal prompts and tools which will help to inspire you and create change in your life. So if you're someone who wants to incorporate more mindful practices into your life and are maybe looking for a community of people to help you on that journey and keep you accountable, then we could not recommend the Choose Joy Club enough. All of the workshops are available to watch back on demand if you can't attend live. And of course, your membership gives you access to a whole heap of wonderful tools to use throughout the month. Membership is super affordable at £25 a month, or you could sign up for the yearly price of £250 where you get two months free. Think of it like a gym membership for your mind and a place to prioritise what's most important to you. Visit www.sophiecliff.com to sign up today. All details are in the show notes. Welcome to Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess and I'm Lauren and we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. This week Celeste Ng's new book Our Missing Hearts comes out and so we are diving into it today, spoiler free of course. And you should all by now know how much we loved Little Fires Everywhere so you can just imagine how excited we are for this one and it did not disappoint and with that I've got the autumn cold if you can't hear it I just said to Lauren I was like I have to warn everyone at the beginning of this episode but it sounded like born everyone because I have a cold (laughs) today's episode is gonna be fun it's gonna be great um and I think this is the perfect book to kick off October with wouldn't you say interesting yes I do I do think this is a great one to kick October off Mm mm-hmm with um but first can we take a minute to thank everybody who's bought one of our newly launched reading journals yes definitely so exciting um that thing that was um doing the rounds about like small businesses doing happy dances when they get an order is completely legit yeah it's so real isn't it (laughs) honestly like there's a if you see me in minor jess's whatsapp conversation it's like somebody else just bought a journal (laughs) it's like just both refreshing it pretty much you know on every meeting in the background of the meeting I'm just refreshing how if we've got a new order we also had our first man order this week did that got a special mention in the whatsapp group (laughs) (laughs) um so if you haven't got one and you'd like one please do while stocks last and and also, I was kind of thinking that for anyone who regularly listens to the podcast, there's a note section at the back of the journal. So you could use it as like a nice place every time you listen to the journal to jot down the books that you want to add to your TBR after hearing Jess and I talk about them. 
What the fuck? That's such a good idea. It's a great idea. Why didn't we think of that when we made the journal? I love that. Yeah. Oh, well done, Lauren. Okay, good one. Um, I <laughs> also think maybe because we do get like weekly DMs about it, we should maybe talk about what's happened since the last podcast episode. I should. What's happened? <laughs> Well, Laura, we've spent some money, so I, I hope you know. But we have put a deposit on a reading oh, retreat location. Yes. Yeah, I feel like I yeah. Um, how did that one pass me by? <gasps> um, no, that is really excited. It's so exciting. <laughs> oh my god, I'm not okay. Um, just Jess has got a cold. I'm also just extremely busy with work, so. Let's. It's going to be a really interesting episode. I think we're both at like half, so between us, we make one whole. Person. One whole, perfect. Rather than um, two whole. So we did say that we would do a retreat in January, but it has genuinely taken us so long to find a location that we are both happy with, and yeah. think it would be like a really like nice place to bring yeah. everyone and. Oh, it's exciting. Yeah, we weren't going to organise one without going somewhere ourselves to see it in person. Yeah. And we wanted it to have options for single occupancy and like friends to have rooms together. And that is not an easy thing to find. Mm. But this one is pretty good, ticks all those boxes. And it's also near to a well-known literary festival. So we are going to coordinate it with a visit to that. <sighs> it's going to be great. It's a little teaser for you, so you can start guessing. Um, but all will be revealed soon. We just need to finalise some logistics and food costs and bits and bobs, and then we'll get ticketing on our website. So again, if you're signed up to the newsletter, you'll be the first to find out. Yes, and in case you don't know, the website is bookcrackers.com, so there's absolutely no excuse to not go and visit it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> any other business, Jess, before we get on to the book? I feel like I think that's the business be. chat done. I think. Okay. Excellent. Okay. So as I said at the beginning, I am excited to talk about this book. It just has a weird sort of what, well, as we said for the books for the bear month episode. Like, mm. I feel like these types of books are they're a tiny bit eerie. There's a lot of like family are, yeah. vibes, small town, like lots of things like that. And this book has a lot of them. So the book we're talking about today, because we haven't even said it yet, is Celeste Ng's new one, Our Missing Hearts. And you should all know how much we love Little Fires Everywhere because we have talked about it multiple times on the pod. Um, we're very delighted to get early copies of this and it comes out the day after this episode goes live. So you'll Ooh. be able to buy it. Lauren, drop that up. 12-year-old bird gardener lives a quiet and circumspect existence with his loving but broken father, a talented linguist now relegated to shelving books in a library. Bird knows not to ask too many questions, stand out too much or stray too far. For a decade, their lives have been governed by laws written to preserve American culture in the wake of years of economic instability and violence. To keep the peace and restore prosperity, the authorities are now allowed to relocate children of dissidents, especially those of Asian origin, and libraries have been forced to remove books seen as unpatriotic, including the work of Bird's mother, Margaret, a Chinese-American poet who left the family when he was nine years old. Bird has grown up disavowing his mother and her poems. He doesn't know 
her work or what happened to her and he knows he shouldn't wonder. But when he receives a mysterious letter containing only a cryptic drawing, he is drawn into a quest to find her. His journey will take him through the many folk tales she poured into his head as a child, into an underground resistant network of librarians, into the lives of many children who've been taken, and finally to New York, where a new act of defiance may be the beginning of a much-needed change. Our Missing Hearts is an old story made new of the ways supposedly civilised communities can turn a blind eye to the most searing injustice. It's a story about power and limitations of art to change in the world what being a good parent really means and how any of us can retain our humanity in a society where fear dominates it's a longie but a goodie oh i'm out of breath after that yeah um well, would you say this is dystopian jess so i was thinking this while reading this there is that like controlling handmaid's tale vibe of like yeah. you know the government dictating things but it feels really real and in that sort of school for good mothers way um, i thought you, i thought that actually. yeah school you might remember that we talked about school for good mothers in an episode called hush with kate maxwell where we interviewed her and then we talked mm. about this that book afterwards um so yeah it's like te- technically it probably is dystopian but it doesn't feel like totally <laughs> mm. um not to sidetrack but also to sidetrack uh we got a dm from somebody the other day saying they're a new oh. mum and they listened to that episode and it really helped them and it really touched me I got really emotional when I read that it message. touched me because we're not mums no I know and so I'm really glad that um yeah. we did the topic justice and we were able to share echoes of books with you know which show a different side to motherhood um so whether you're a mum or not do go and give that episode a listen to because yes. it's not just us who who thinks it's an interesting episode clearly <laughs> um but um yeah, I get what you mean. Like, it was sort of dystopian, but there wasn't that sort of sci-fi element to it in any sense. Um, but I guess there there are, like, racist and, and extremist groups out there in the world, and this is almost, like, what happens when those groups become a sort of normalised perception yeah, well, funny you mentioned that because <laughs> I wondered if the fact that this book or like, you know, the the group that are really under fire here are Chinese people. But then, of course, Asian people and anyone yeah. who might look like they're actually Chinese or whatever. Um, they are the sort of targeted group in this book. And I wondered if that was sort of spurred on by COVID. I know yeah, Celeste Ng is Chinese, but remember when Trump called it, uh, called COVID the Chinese virus. Yeah. And there was just so much hate and racism towards the community. So I wondered if this was like her nod back to that a few years ago. I totally got that too. Um, and it's, it's a good point, actually, before we go on, should we check each other's understanding of what pact is? Ha. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um yeah, I was thinking we should pick this up because I read most of the first half like oh okay, I think I get a bit of this, but I probably missed a paragraph that really explained what pact is, but we'll just go with it cuz I'm sure I'm just going to find out. Yeah. So it wasn't just me then. No. Okay, great. It's not like I <laughs> did too. miss a key passage. <laughs> no, exactly. And I guess that's because we don't 
actually get the full picture until the second half of the book. So I think we can dive into that in a bit because even though it doesn't come up until later in the book, it's not a spoiler and actually it might be really helpful. So PACT stands for Preserving American Culture and Traditions. And essentially, um, it was a law passed by American government to enable to pr- to protect Americans from threats that will undermine American culture um, and including persons of Asian origin. So it essentially was a one-size-fits-all government free pass to do anything and act in any way to preserve American culture. So it was a very wishy-washy law that was passed that enabled the government to do what they want, essentially under the guise of sustaining American culture. Yeah, and do you know what actually kind of, the reason they were able to do that is because there was a crisis very similar, yes. well, no, more dramatised than the current cost of living crisis. It was a very hit homey book, wasn't oh it? Oh my like, God, I it was, was like, bleak. fuck, is this all about to happen? Yeah, same, same. And it was, yeah, like it was, to your point on COVID, it was um, like how America was in crisis, as you said, during the COVID all countries were but um, China were sort of Trump's um he sort of blamed COVID the start of COVID on China and I don't think we even in this book find out what caused the crisis right but it sort of seemed it was more like a financial crisis as opposed to a virus but similarly to to covid governments were like setting curfews of when people could go out and there was widespread job loss and the repercussions of the crisis bled out to many years which is what turned it into more of a financial crisis as well so you're right it left me absolutely um not scared scared, but like oh shit should i be taking this a little bit more seriously Maybe this is also why it's a great book for October because it's actually spooky. <laughs> also for October because all of our bills have just gone up. That's fun. Yeah, surprise. Um, but what I want to touch on about Pact and how we sort of slowly find out about it in the book is that you might remember in our feminist dystopian episode, I talked about how one of my favourite thing of reading dystopian books is how the author introduces us to the world and teaches us things. Mm. And whilst I think Celeste kept us a little bit in the dark for some of it, um, <laughs> I do like the subtle ways that like, like I did have an understanding and yeah. assume I just missed a key paragraph. And it's just in these little things. I just like, this isn't a particularly special quote or anything, but it was just um, these little ways. So for example, Bird's dad is helping um, him with his homework. And he sort of corrects him and says, Look, this needs to be much clearer. He says, look here, where you say pact is very important for national security, you need to be much more specific, much more forceful. Pact is a crucial part of keeping America safe from being undermined by foreign influences. And just from Bird's dad helping Bird with his homework, we learn a little bit more about pact and why lots of people have bought into it. And so shout out to Celeste because she really nailed that. (laughs) I liked it. I mean, this whole podcast really is a... 
a shout, shout out to Celeste. Celeste. <laughs> That's what we'll call it, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, another. I remember when I was reading it, and at the beginning, sort of as you say, you start to pick up subtle hints that we're not in the normal world. One that I picked up was when Bird, who is the main character, at least for the first half of the book, it, he's in his school library and he I can't find the quote but he essentially said um the days of the libraries being stacked full with books are long gone and he sort of describes all the empty shelves in the library I was like ah yeah what's oh, going could, on here can I do another shout out yeah I do a shout out to librarians because I love I love it when an author like champions books and libraries and readers, yeah. which obviously they would. Um, but I loved how the librarians were really key to yeah, back. Me too. Shout out to they were like <laughs> they were like the um the um, the the Loki superhero, weren't they? Mm, mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I guess to your point, I mean I keep distracting us in this episode and I keep just doing shout outs so that's absolutely fine I can't promise that won't be my last one um I I guess at the beginning one of the reasons that um we don't really understand what pact is is because the first part of the book is written from Bird's point of view and he's he's nine years old so it's not a childlike narrative but you do get the very clear sense that the perspective is a child's not an adult's and his mum's just suddenly left him and he's being brought up in this very weird world of pact and we're sort of understanding it as he comes to understand it yeah definitely I thought Bird was very sweet um and he came across to me as feeling really young and maybe that's because of how the rules are in this like dystopian world yeah Um, and of course because he he's half asian he looks that way and that puts him at more risk in this world and this world isn't as safe for him and so i was just like really aware of his naivety and like it made me think he was younger than he actually is he's 12 isn't he but he comes across as like this little eight-year-old almost just terrified for him yeah Good point, because I've just called him nine. But no, you're right. It, he was nine when his mum left. Yes. Um, he's 12 when you write the book. And that's so right. Yeah, he comes across a lot younger than yeah. than 12. Um, especially like the kinds of conversations he's having with his best friend, Sadie. Um, they're not the sort of typical 12-year-old conversations yeah. you might imagine the 12-year-old having today. Uh, but also that could be because of the society that they are growing up in um, and how how censored the society is as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, do you know what we should actually talk, touch on? I can't believe we haven't right at the top of this podcast. No shout out for this one because it didn't vibe with me so much. Was the lack of speech parts. Oh, yeah, that can do one. Yeah, with regards to Bird, I don't know. I think because Celeste writes so descriptively and in quite long passages, I actually struggled a bit to know what was Same. Bird saying out loud was Bird trying oh to make Oh my God, I'm so glad you've said that because, well, firstly, 
we're late recording this week's podcast because I hadn't read finished the book by the day that we normally record this podcast on and I genuinely think one of the reasons is because I did struggle with the lack of speech marks and I don't normally mind it mind it but I definitely think it slowed the reading process down for me yeah I think so and I was trying to remember and I should have had a look for this episode whether she used speech marks and little flies everywhere because we fucking blew through that book yeah and it actually it it took me a while to read and part of that is because I'm I'm quite busy at the moment but also I personally found it to be a bit of a slow burn and not in a bad way at all um Celeste's reading style is very descriptive and we know that but part one was a lot of scene setting which was needed given the dystopian vibes but then as soon as it got to part two I was smooth sailing and I read it a lot faster but I really struggled with part one and that was Bird's perspective as well. Yeah I was just actually going to ask if you had a favourite part What? what because it's three parts isn't it? Yes yeah. What, do you have a fave? Yeah so part one written exclusively from Bird's point of view uh, but then I really loved it when it shifted to part two to Margaret, which is Bird's mum's life story. Found that really interesting. Loved. I felt like there was more of a narrative yeah. and the writing style was a bit more idyllic and there was a clearer story when we got to part two. Part one, I was like, well, what's the story? Yeah. Yes, we're in this world, but what's actually happening? Yeah. And then part three is all the action that we won't go into because that's spoilery. Yeah. Um, interestingly, everything you've just said is completely true and I 100% agree, but the way in which we hear about Margaret's story, she was like, that's enough for today. I was like, Margs, come on, I want to know. <laughs> and it was really winding me up as an impatient person that she wasn't just telling me it all. Blah, 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 like, <laughs> all in one go, let's just bring yeah. us up to speed, Margaret. I was like, come on, look, we've only just about learned what pack is. Let's, mm. let's get to moving. But that's just because I'm impatient that's not because of the way like it's actually written perfectly (laughs) yeah it is it's like it was the right kind of anticipation it was building wasn't it yeah and obviously I'm not going to give away any spoilers but I kept thinking what's going on here like I just yeah I couldn't guess it which I think is the sign of a really good book because most books like this you can be like oh it's going to be this, this is going to happen, and this is how it's going to end. And you can have an educated guess. Whether you're right or wrong, you can guess. With this one, I don't know about you, but I genuinely couldn't guess what was happening. No. no. What she did in part three is not what I was going for. I never would have been. <laughs> yeah, I would never have. Yeah, I, I don't want to give it away, but uh, yeah. Couldn't have guessed it. Loved it. Mm. Couldn't have guessed it. Kept Lauren. me on my toes. Yeah. Shout out to Celeste. Shout out to Celeste. Um, you might also want to do a shout out of your favourite quote because I know you like to do that. Do you have one for <laughs> Yeah, I do. I'm so glad you asked. Um, and it was from Margaret when, oh yeah, she says, I guess like a big theme of this book is loss, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of oh, children get are missing hearts and children are being taken out away from their parents who the government 
have reason to believe are unpatriotic. And that's, you know, a key part to this story. Um, so this part is when Margaret says, when are you ever done with the story of someone you love? Whoever thinks recalling the face of the one they loved who is gone and thinks, yes, I looked at you enough. I loved you enough. We had enough time. Any of this was enough. Mm. I really liked that. Because really it's true, nice. you don't you don't ever think, oh yeah, we had enough time, yeah. um, and also because it was about children as well, it just oh, oh really sad. Yeah. Did you have a favorite? I did. Mine's a bit more um, kick-ass. Yeah. Like less emotive than yours. Okay. Um, mine is, if the world was on fire, you might as well burn bright. Shout <laughs> out to Margaret for that quote, and Celeste for writing it. <laughs> um Laura, oh, that's nice did you enjoy this book is it a reco it 100 percent is um i would say i struggled with part one but part two and three i loved and i sped through it but it was a slow burn for me mm-hmm. yeah what about you i would say because i think there are a lot of people out there that always compare. I mean, we talked about this in the Sally Rooney episode and many episodes mm. since. They always compare yeah. new books to previous books. Like there are people that hate People Person but loved Queenie. And I'm like, guys, come on, People Person's great. Um, yeah. And I think there will be a lot of people that like us, love Little Fires Everywhere. And then we're like, what? This is totally yeah. different. But it's so fine for things to be different. And totally. I really enjoyed it. And I was so pleased to be reading another one of her books. And... I hope everyone gives it the time of day, but just know that it's totally different to Little Fires Everywhere, and that is okay. Yeah. And did do you have a favourite of her out books? Of yeah, out of the two. Little Fires Everywhere is like one of my favourite ever books, I think. Yeah. Did you have a favourite of the two? Uh, I mean, yeah, Little Fires Everywhere is still my fave. I also wanted to before this episode and didn't get around to it. Read her other book, Everything I Never Told You. Which oh, yeah, I didn't have for some reason either. I've just like never gone to pick up. No, neither have I, and I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why. So maybe I'll do that now. Yeah. Well, shame I didn't time it for this. Well, book. I was about what are you gonna to do? say. <laughs> maybe time it for our next one. Okay, got and it. And we'll bundle them all up. I'll be like, a Celeste, bow. look, we're gonna give you another shout out, but you could write a fourth book. Shout out incoming. much for listening if you enjoyed today's episode then like subscribe leave a rating and review it costs you nothing it genuinely means the world to us and you could always share this podcast with your reading buddy too because they might enjoy it and if you don't already then you can subscribe to our newsletter for monthly recos at www.bookrecos.com see you next week we'll be here